And we're live. Episode two of your favorite duo, the oddest couple. Truly the oddest couple. Never in my life did I think. <laughs> Never in my life did I ever think that. Imagine. No, think about that a couple of years ago. Would you think like when you said, people when I was say, sitting, you, you know what's be? crazy? When I was sitting, so we'll just get right into it. But when I was sitting the other day and I was thinking about the last four years of my life, I first started doing any type of podcast when I was 19, my freshman year of uh, college at UC Santa Barbara, out of my dorm room. Oh, I love that school. My old girlfriend used to go there. Yeah, I know. I that's think a I told you that's, that story. That's a place that you should never be at. <laughs> I snuck in. I was living in yeah, the Yeah, I remember you dorm. told me this. You told me this. Uh, they already caught me. Really? Because I, <laughs> I was in the shower. <laughs> you fucking sicko. It's a Hi, great... Katie. By the way, <laughs> she was great. My, my girlfriend with kids. She has kids now? No. Oh, yeah, she does. What am I saying? Yeah, she does. She has one. Yeah. Um, She's with another girl. I drove her away from guys. Sorry, Katie. I didn't mean... Honestly? Yeah, she if, was. <laughs> that makes so much sense. She looked like Kelly McGillis. She, she was probably like, yo, this guy is going to make me hate men. And that's exactly what happened. Actually, she... You probably made motherfuckers go crazy. She made me go crazy. Yeah, but she was crazy, too. <laughs> You're crazy. We still talk to each other. We're still really? friends, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um... No, but all I was saying is, uh, yeah, never in a million fucking years did I think that this is where I'd be today. It's weird. No, you don't. You, you Listen, you just don't. People ask you to project, like, what's your goals in five years? <laughs> After everything I went on that roller coaster, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Not one that wasn't on my list was have a podcast with a former hitman. That wasn't on my list of things that I thought was in the cards for me, but uh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably were not thinking that you were going to be in front of microphones. Never. Ain't that some shit. Yeah. Um, but no, today we want to talk, and for people who listen to episode one, if you haven't listened to episode one, uh, it's great. But, well, first also let's plug some some real quick things for people who are not familiar, who didn't listen to that first episode. John and I, if you had seen us in the past, we did our show together a couple years ago. We're doing it again now in uh, beautiful conditions. And um, Well, for the people who don't know, you didn't tell them we had that big fallout. Huge fallout. Season one, it'll talk about uh, episode In episode one, one, we talk about our massive fallout, how we like, yeah, we just we just hated each other. Yeah. And I hated you. And uh, um, I can't believe you would hire those guys to try to hit me. I know, and I tried to put a hit on John, and he, he reciprocated, and... He failed. <laughs> no, I got even with him real quick. I called his mother and told him. <laughs> you should have seen. This is actually a true story. Is when my mom was sitting right here and met you for the first time. That was fucking hilarious. I was like a kid in a candy store. I just was dying to guys. do that show with her. I know. You guys will do a show. We'll we'll bring her on. Like You guys will do a show because my mom, for people that don't know, I'm French. And uh, she's a traditional French woman. Thick French accent. And... Uh, Oh my god, it was so funny. You guys within 30 seconds start talking politics and let me just put it this way, you guys don't have the same political views. And uh <laughs> and But she's open minded, which I love. Oh, she is. She I is. love debates. She is. And that's what I told her too. I'm like, "Look, there's th I told her before. I'm like, there's things you're going to disagree about, but the great thing about John is that like you can genuinely have conversations and like what I like about you honestly is I've seen you I've seen you like have great interactions with Democrats, Republicans, whoever it is, and you you come from like the old old school of thought, 
because they're super old that <laughs> that like you know you guys could do, disagree on things politically but you could have a conversation which is in this day and age seems like a fucking impossible who's the guy i like the most who doesn't get along with trump bill maher I oh. like Bill Maher oh, yeah. a lot. And he, he's a, yeah, but like he's a Democrat my, left, and and but he's a, he's a Miller Row guy. Yeah, and I think that you know that's what I always tell people. Like, even if we're gonna stray away from politics more or less on this, because there's so many more interesting things to talk about. Um, I that, don't know where I love politics. I know you guys should see. I kick John under the. I, have, I hold the gun <laughs> under the table and talk politics, and I'll pull it. No, you got that buzzer thing that shocks me oh, like yeah, a dog yeah, shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you start talking Trump this, but I'm Trump not. That. I'm really I like know. independent rights. I'm the no, first guy. No, you know what's guy. crazy is honest to God, like I don't even want to get into it. But yeah, but I, I got to say one thing though. They're attacking these drag shows, right? Which <laughs> there's nothing wrong with them. No, but I'm just. I just was at one with a couple of people with Jimmy and everything for for you know no, fentanyl uh, thing. But I don't believe kids should be at any of this stuff. This is the parenting thing. It shouldn't. Kids shouldn't be three year olds, five year olds, seven year olds. Sex shows, at drag shows, at any kind of shows, heterosexual sex shows. This is insane. I love. You should just we be go, adults. We, we go from talking about yeah, politics to drag shows with five year olds in minutes, but that's you know that's the chaos. Because I I do believe in just individual rights. Everybody should be able to do what they want as adults. I agree. You know, it's just children leave kids out of this stuff. I know. <laughs> But anyways, we get we, right, I, we I, I, I can get you hi, riled. Hi, hi Kai, by the way. <laughs> I get you riled up into so many. That's the thing is like when we're at dinner, I can get you riled up into these. But on these, I gotta be like John. No, no drag shows for a second. Um, it was a good show actually. The people that were putting on the show, actually, it was a good show, and they and it was for a good cause. It was for fentanyl awareness and and opioids and people that's that the show passed they were putting away. On for the... It was in Philly. It was at the uh, at the uh, Union Building, um, and. The people that uh, do it all the time uh, lost their uh, child and uh, fund it, and they do great work for kids. That's dope. So, you know, the positive thing is everybody's always looking at negative things out of things. Take the positive. Yeah. That's what I tell people, too, about you is, like, you, even if there's things that people might disagree with you about, you're still, like, very loving and still always about going into the positives. Um, and... Wait, you know what we have to address real quick that we didn't address on episode one is um that photo of you with the gun. Now, oh. <laughs> now, okay, I and I literally texted you when you put it out, and you know, three people sent it to me through my friends. They sent it to me. They're like, "Bro, what is John doing?" And even in my head, I'm being honest with you. I'm like, "This motherfucker, why is he posting?" What do you think? Shit? I'm Gene. <laughs> Gene does all that dumb stuff. Poor well, Gene. Oh, hi, Gene. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it in a bad way. But a lot of times, you don't think and you just react. Yeah, it's but, emotional. Well, that's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thought out gun I put up on that. Yeah, but okay, so for people that don't know, because I yelled at you, I'm like, John, what are you doing, you fucking idiot? Why are you posting some shit like this? Because the way it looks, the way it looks, and I can tell you this because you know I love you, is, oh, ex hitman's posing, smiling with a gun. He must be, and that's, and so that's why I text you. I'm like, this is not a good look for you. And you text me back, you're like, lol, it's fake. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> The reason why I did it, so people know, is I wanted the attention that everybody gave me. A lot of people were writing me and friends of mine and saying something good. A lot of people were, were uh, negatively writing me, and those people I wrote back to. I says, exactly why I put that gun up is so it would be noticed the way it is, so I can talk about the Second Amendment. And I wanted the attention so people understand why I was doing it. Because I was talking about Second Amendment, I was talking about 
Black lives matter, all lives matter, police lives matter. And I brought all this up. I said, human beings' lives matter. Unfortunately, as a young guy, I didn't have the same respect for life. And there's no way turning it back. And, and without getting off the subject, years ago I did a show, Crime Watch, out of Denmark because my buddy was there, Klaus, that we were in prisons together. And they did a show, and the, the woman that hosted it said to me, well, do you think it's right that you're a celebrity now after what you used to do? Mm-hmm. And I hate to use that word celebrity anyway. I'm not George Clooney. But, you know, I've done magazines and shows at this point, TV shows and whatever. Series. So I said to her, well, I'm doing positive now. If you got another better way forward for me, just let me know. Because I'm not doing anything negative. I'm doing things that are positive. I can't take that back. It's already done. There's nothing I can do but except try to do positive things for people and say I'm sorry for my past somehow and work with what I try to do now, what I think injustice in the criminal system with some of these guys that were locked up that are not violent, like Oscar Lugo I brought up the other day, and, you know, people that I think are going to contribute in a positive way to society or me help to push them in a a positive way. Yeah, and I think that's why it's always, like, it's always tough for me sometimes when I'm explaining you (laughs) to people is... um, Well, it's not an easy explanation. (laughs) Even I say it. No, it's not an easy explanation. And it's also not an easy explanation because... If people hear just little sound bites of you talking politics, this or something like that, right? Or seeing photos, like if they just, if someone just, that's, and that's always kind of my point. Even when I when I text you, like, why did you post this? I I know you, right? I know how you grew up. You grew up in a very tough neighborhood. You were the minority, right? You grew up with all your friends were black, Hispanic, not not white, not you know the Italian mob, or we worked with the Italian mob, but that's not how you grew up, right? Like. That's what people don't understand because now the way that society works now is if they see you post something that leans right, then they just think that they know exactly what your life was like. And they don't, right? They don't know who you hang out with. They don't know that you care about – like literally you've made your whole life's mission to trying to help inner city kids now that you're out of jail, right? There's a lot of things that people don't understand about you. And that's why I think – I hope that people listen to our show and – get to know you better and get to know your psychology because you're a very like you're an interesting case where you just you know there's so many different things that matter to you but most people um these days if you post like a photo of you with the gun they think oh this guy cares so much about guns rights and he's pro this and pro that and that's why it gets a little bit confusing at times well because everybody's life is not in a in a little box yeah right and so I got to watch how I say this. So I grew up, like you said, in a school that was mostly black and Spanish. I grew up, a lot of my friends were black and Spanish. My kids' friends are black and Spanish. And I don't look at color. And I, and I just look at, but I do say this, Italian mafia wasn't the, all of gangsters. Because I know some serious black guys and Spanish guys who were serious gangsters on the street. And not that I'm advocating that, but when they act like the, the Italian mob has the market on the mafia, to me, it's not true. There's so many wild, wild kids that were from other ethnic groups and other religions and stuff that aren't. And and then, and I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, they don't have the market on tough guys. So what I do say is, and the reason why I talk so much about our neighborhood is, 
And I just did something in Ocean County. I went and I spoke out after Terry Nichols was killed in, in Tennessee by the uh, five rogue officers. Come a little bit closer to them. So they, or bring your chair. So they were all black, right? Now, to me, it doesn't matter what color they were. You know, they happened to be black. The guy that died was black, was killed that was black. But the issue was this, and I said it at the, uh, at the uh, Ocean County talk. Different people got up and spoke. I was one of them. And it's not about... I think if everybody stops talking about color and talking about human beings, it, it would be so much more positive feedback. But the problem I have is if a black, black officer or white off, police officer is attacked, the community needs to come out and speak up for them. Because if you stand together and then when somebody is killed, like Nichols was, unjustified, and the community comes out again, then you have unity. Right. When it only comes out one way and it doesn't come out the other way, it's no, it's 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 that's not putting people together. It's separating people. Well, I think what's what what I also struggle with though is when people like you. You're interesting because you have stances that if people don't understand your background, they might be like, "Oh, fuck this guy," but you come from a place where a you grew up in a predominantly black and Spanish neighborhood. You grew up, well, you lived most of your life in the legal system, right? So you know how police officers work. You know how the, the, the justice system works. You know about how a lot of this stuff works, right? And so that's why it's just tough because in this day and age, if you associate, if you say something like, like what what pro police might mean to you might be very different, different yes. than some what some of these other fucking idiots say about being pro police, right? So I'm just I'm just trying to explain so people understand you better, and that's why that's why honestly I'm, I'll tell you like it when when I would always yell at you about like no politics before and even now is like I know what my generation thinks when they hear pro this or pro that, right, or anti this or anti that, and then they're automatically and this is their fault, right? They put you into that box that we're talking about. However, what I try to get people to understand is you you have a very unique insight, right? Because your perspective is very different than these fucking incels from their basement that are tweeting out pro this and pro that, right? Like you were you you lived with these people, whether it's the people on the street, whether it's the community, whether it's the law enforcement, it's the police, like you know these people. So that's what's a little bit tricky sometimes for people to understand. So that's why I hope that platforms like this and shows like this allow the explanation. Here's who explain this. I'm pro police, right? By terminology way I talk. Because I grew up on the wrong side and I know what the police think for the most part. I know Chief Little, say from Most County, was a great guy. Right, he helped me do the video music video when I'm being locked up, and the the video for people who don't know why we did it was a positive video talking about stay off the street, and you can have a successful life. Right. So that's the reason why he let me do it, and it's to reach the kids in the street. But I'm pro police, but yet when I see a case like Oscar Lugo, who was a it was abuse of power, I believe by the prosecutor, by the judge, by sentencing him like that. I believe it was racist because he's Puerto Rican. I believe he has no violence. I believe that he would not believe he wasn't allowed his hearings. So I advocate for prison reform for guys like him. But then I also advocate for the police officers that are being attacked that are doing the right job. You know, these guys that are going out risking their lives every day, they're not getting the notoriety of every time they save a cat from a tree or a, a person that's being robbed or a, 
a murder or a shooting or something. So I'm just trying to be honest about the history of the street. Well, the thing is, too, and I, and I try to, this is where it gets complicated, right, is when somebody hears pro-police today, they think, that's anti, let's say, the Black Lives Matter, right? And and whatever we want to talk about, like the actual organization or the movement, that you can have your opinions. What I, what's hard for me, though, that I try to explain to people about you is that literally, like, if I had to say one thing that you care about the most is helping the inner cities, right? Which are predominantly black, right? Because you, because you grew up in that, in those inner cities and you grew up pr- with predominantly black and Latino friends. So... That's why, like, but I, you, like, you, you also understand, right? When you say pro police to some people, because there are people out there that say I'm pro police, but that, and that they have, let's say, some racist tendencies, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So that's why I try to get people to understand, like, the, and that's why you understand, I, I think you start to, to really understand how, especially in this age of social media, like, you say I'm pro police. They, they hold am, on every they, word. They am, automatically yeah. think that you're anti black. And I'm like, no, no, no. If there's anybody that's, anti that's pro-black pro-hispanic pro inner cities pro trying to help these kids that are that are the ones that are getting the bad end of the stick right in this in this system there it's john and so that's why it gets tricky with the terminology well when i go to south side of chicago i see bugatti you know the rapper yeah. right my friend he's always posting yeah. with me and everything and here's what i got a problem that black lives matter but every black lives matter so i didn't like lightfoot she's the mayor, she was gay. She was who cares? That's her personal thing. I got nothing against her as a person. I think she's a nice person. I just think she ran a lousy city because you have all these kids getting killed day and night. They're black. They don't have to be gangsters to get killed. They were getting killed from crossfire, from innocent shootings that they were victims. The problem is nothing's being done about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm against her as a mayor because you're letting these kids die every day. Who's helping them? So, yeah, I'm, I'm there, and I go to Brownsville with Dan, who I did that show on a Black History Month because he's a friend of mine. I go into Brownsville because those are our friends. My best friend, or one of them, is John Wilson. The other guy, Denny Brown's always with me. Prince Badi. We all grew up together since we are children. We don't look at each other at skin color. I mean, any, everybody know, everybody always hears me talking about fat man school. You know what's funny is the way you t- – and this is also what people need to understand. The way you talk – is from back in the, it is a little bit from back in the day where it's like the way you describe somebody, even like when you were talking about Lori Lightfoot, right? Is, and I, and I've, you've done this a million times with me where you're describing someone, you're like, oh, that, that's the tall white dude or the, or the, or the, the gay, whatever, right? People hear that now and they think that, oh, what's the issue with being, like, why is he describing that person as gay or why is he describing that person as white or black? But, but I know that back in the day, that's literally how you, that's how you describe somebody. Well, if anybody knows me, I go to the gay parades. I go to the Hamptons and take pictures with all friends of mine are transvestite. I don't care what anybody thinks because I look at everybody as individuals. Yeah. Are they a nice person? Are they a positive yeah. person? Yeah. Are they good to people or are they shitty to people? You could be a heterosexual scumbag, but you're a scumbag. Yeah. You know, so th- that doesn't change. Yeah. And the same thing with color or anything else you do with your personal life is your personal business. So I know that the, the trick of the new age. Uh, new age and words and, you know, they don't like the way just I just think that being honest, people will say you're honest. And that's why people that's why the people that do like you yeah. do. And I think that's yeah. why my that's my only fear is ever just having you or anybody really get put in a box for for the dumb reasons somebody said something the other day about i figured who said it and i don't know where i read it or heard it he said the the most famous person in history 
isn't liked by a lot of people. I yeah. remember who sent me, we're talking about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So yeah. no matter what we do as individuals, you have negative people that are constantly bashing at you. And they're trying to find the So small. they did it with me when my daughter died. They're hammering at me on social media, like, you know, go fuck yourself. I don't feel bad for you. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I never asked anybody in this world to feel bad for me. Yeah. You want to feel bad for me if you're my family or friends? Go ahead. But this is not about me. This was about my daughter and kids like my daughter who have nothing to do with what I used to do for right. a living. So when you have such negative people are that heartless and mean, I can't change that. It, I actually, you know, and one of them wrote something about karma. And I wrote him back. And sometimes I write back. I shouldn't. But I wrote him back. I go, yeah, you're right. There is karma. So what you just wrote to me, I yeah. guess you're going to get your karma for it. Yeah. I says, but this ain't about me. That's about an innocent girl, my daughter, with a child that didn't do any harm, never killed anybody, wasn't out robbing harm robberies, didn't hate people. She had no color at all the way I was raised by my parents, the same thing, no religious hatred. We don't have any. And for the people, I've said it over and over again. I know what suppression is. We come from Albania. It's a communist country. It was. We were a country that was suppressed, that was slaved, was Muslim. Not Muslim, you know, converting. We were born Muslim, my right. whole family. Right. So I understand all this. That's why I don't have any opinions like this. I don't yeah. hate people for no reason. Yeah. It's just not in my blood. If you do something to me and I dislike you, I guess. I'm like a human like anybody else. So That's why I think, and, and this show is really, I think, going to, get into more of the philosophy of, you know, you and I. And, and I think what, what I love about you and I's dynamic, and this is kind of goes to the point that I was just making, is we have completely different lives. But, and some philosophies are similar. Some are completely different, right? And I think um, that's what we're going to dive into. And even for people listening out there, if there's subjects that you want us to hear about that we might have deferring opinions, at the end of the day, like, it's all love. So I know that you and I can, and that's what I love about you too, is that we can, di we, we disagree on a lot of things, but here we are. I shoot things out of the, like, I just say things. That's yeah. what people don't like. Cause I'm honest. Yeah. I said the other day, is the NBA a racist sport because it's 74% black. That's the most ridiculous comment I ever heard. They're the best basketball players. Simple. That's it. <laughs> that's Why do you got to make it something else than that? They're the best basketball players and they should be on the court. I, you know, I don't get these <laughs> stats. I'm, what I'm curious about in terms of... <laughs> Can I put my glasses on? Yeah, now? go ahead. I know you've been dying to. Um, Everybody... <laughs> all right. It's there right here, go. isn't it? Yeah, there we go. Um, what I'm curious about in terms of like just psychology and philosophy in general is like how, how do you feel like over the years your, your psychology changed? Um, or philosophy oh, about I know life it changed. changed. As a kid, I was uh, more opinionated because I'm naive. You're more opinionated than now? No, I was stubborn. Before, oh. I'm open-minded. Now, I'm open-minded. I could talk to anybody about anything. And Well, you, everybody has their opinion, right. but can you change my opinion when you talk to me? And I'll give you an example because I said hello before to a friend of mine. And uh, transgender. And we were talking about what's going on. And she made... A, a very good point to me about, you know, somebody said something about a kid went into a, a bathroom and assaulted another kid and one was trans and the other one was straight and whatever. 
and we were talking about the uses of, of bathrooms. And she said, that's like saying every guy is a rapist because a couple of guys are out there raping and molesting kids. And she made a valid point that is the truth. Is like, listen, you can't put everybody in one bucket. Everybody's individuals. There's so many nice people that'll go out, whether you're a transgender and you go and you save lives. No one's talking about them. Or you're talking about, you know, mob guys, right? That change their lives like me. And there's guys that'll never change their lives. You can't put us all in one thing. You're an educated so you're guy. So you're saying that before in your past life, you were more stubborn than you are today. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, because I'm a kid and I'm naive. You know, my the whatever I was raised in believing, right? I was raised because my parents' best friends were black and Spanish. Who also had white friends. They had everybody. But so they never had color, you know, things. So like years ago in the 60s when I'm first in grammar school, it's during racist times. Those were real racist times. Oh, yeah. And I bring my friends home, right? And one of them is Timmy Smith. He writes me still. Black black guy, young kid. Uh, Kevin Johnson was my size. We, and I tell him, come over to my house because I live around the corner. We walk home from school <laughs> together, right? We're innocent kids like all kids. We don't look kids. don't look at color and things. And I wasn't raised that way. But you could see as we're walking, my neighbors didn't like it. Mm. Some of them, not all of them. The guys, the people on my own block were good because they know us since we're kids and we all were raised around their kind of like family it was a different era then but going through the neighborhood people are looking at us and as a kid i'm not thinking about it but then when i went out to their neighborhood like manny rodriguez was one of the guys who played ball with me i used to go down prospect park and i'd go but on the way down by myself i'm a small kid and walking down with my baseball glove and bat i don't know how many guys said things to me and I'm thinking to myself, and then when I get to Manny's house, you know, you're good because you're with Manny now, right? right? And it's been, but then I'm saying, why are people hating on you? I was a kid. What are you hating me for? But it, it's always going to be human nature. People are just, who knows the reason that they do it. But but I'm curious in terms of just like uh, your own personal psychologies, how they evolved over time. I, I just believe that I'm not the guy that believes that people are bad. I think most people are good, generally good. Did you ever think that you were bad? No. That's great. Like to some people that might be crazy. No. You know what I'm saying like like how did you how do you how do you justify everything you did? You can't justify. I mean, there's times when people know I said it before. I was the good bad guy, right? I used to say that a lot. It was something I said. And they'd say, "Why? Because I wasn't the guy going to rob a store, or I wasn't the guy going to rape a girl or kill a girl. I was the guy killing the guy that raped the girl." So I was the guy that was protecting that friend of mine that owned the store. Or, you know, I went somewhere and the guy goes, well, I didn't know that was you were John. What does that mean? So you're going to abuse me because you didn't know I was John? But now yeah. that you know it's John, you're afraid because right. you know it's me? It's just, these are, you know, these are like, you, you look at people and say, you know, that's a cowardly thing to do. But then as I got older and I looked at all this violence I did and I look back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm talking about myself. Like, yeah. why was I so violent like this, you know? Do you ever have an answer for that? Why were you so violent? I don't know. Survival, some of it, some of it anger, I guess, of, you know, of what happened in my life over the years with different things. And some of it is because I want to be accepted into the world that uh, I was living in. Uh, some of it is because I was raised around these kind of people where it was okay to, to, to do what I did. You know, because that was the majority of our area. It was accepted. It was looked upon as, as a, 
you know, you were respected, you were looked upon as, you know, uh, normal. Not, you know, you go to, like, you know, if you go to Santa Barbara, right? Because yeah. we know that area. When I'd go there, I would act different because I knew it was a different community. Oh, really? You would, so well, you'd be able to, like, turn things on and off? I did. And when, but although in Santa Barbara, I got into a fight, too, so, <laughs> <laughs> at the college. But, uh, yeah, I, I was able to, yeah. But, like, what's the... How old, are, how old were you again when you killed your first person? I learned to, uh, I was very young, uh, probably around 19, 20. What was the most amount of time you went without some violence? Not long. I was always violent since I'm a kid. Like after you killed, I'm like during kind of like the ma when you were active. I was violent constantly. But Just like, constantly. what do you think is the most amount of time? Of not getting into any kind of incident? Physical. Physical? Two months? Not much more. No, it was kind of, And listen, somebody asked me, oh, Katie asked me that the other day. She was asking a group of us, there was a couple of guys from the street that I know, and we did the show together, and asked. She went, she was, let me ask you a question. Did any of you guys get stabbed? And yes. Uh, were you stabbed several different occasions? Yes. Were you shot? Yes. Were you baseball batted? Yes. Were you hit with pipes? Yes. Were you beat up by the police? Yes. Were you jumped in fights by guys constantly? Yes. It's just that environment was normal to me. You know, was, since I'm a little kid, it's just the way it's been. We went to grammar school and, you know, when they first started busing guys in from other neighborhoods, they jumped them when they were coming off the bus. And I'm saying to myself, and I, I told this in one of the shows a couple of years ago. Kevin Johnson was my best friend. He was staying with me. So we're looking at each other and like, you know, what do we do here? We're only six years old, yeah. whatever we are. And so we just said we're going to protect each other. And that was it. I mean, you know, but you look at some of this stuff that, you know, we used to go to Highland Park. And it was run by Ringo. He was part of the crazy homicides. He was the leader. Now, you didn't go down to Highland Park if you're from my neighborhood without knowing one of those guys because, you know, you, you'll have problems. It was the Black Panthers back then. It was seven and nine. But Ringo's girlfriend was Anne-Marie, whose sister dated me as a kid. So I was good to go down there. You know, kids that went that were white would get abused in Frank K. Lane. Right. And they'd all come to me and ask me, John, can you talk to these guys so they don't bother us? Right. And so I learned survival, right? So if you're with a bunch of attorneys or businessmen, you act like them. I just was raised in learning how to be a chameleon and survive. You're a gangster, be violent. You're a ball player, be athletic. You're, you know, and just and I started fitting in because I knew that was survival was kind of a, an education. So there's a certain way you can walk, and I tell people this. You can work a, walk a certain way and dress a certain way and you become a victim. Or you can walk a certain way, look a certain way, and carry yourself a certain way on the street or in prison, and you'll be okay, depending on how you carry yourself. So I had a friend of mine in the, cafe in the, in the chow hall, cafeteria, in prison, and he kept screwing around with his hands with me. And I told him, don't screw around in front of other people. Now, we grew up together. So he's like, oh, and he smacked me in the head during chow. Now, all these other inmates don't know he's my friend. They don't know he grew up. They just think I'm a sucker. So I warned him. He didn't listen. I got up and I knocked him out. 
And everybody thought I was nuts, and I went to the hole. And when I got out, he goes, why would you hit me? I go, how many fucking times did I tell you? In my cell, do whatever you want to me. I go, this is jail. You, you can't behave like that. There's rules. So, and I learned those rules through life. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> knocking out your friend, imagine. But I get it. Like, I get why you... Well, I, well, it's also because you're you're showing the other guys. It, it wasn't to hurt him. I mean, yeah. we were good friends with him since we were kids. Actually, he died now since. But we were good friends, and I kept and I warned them several times. There is people watching us that don't know, and the next thing the guy, yeah. when I'm walking out of commissary, somebody says, "Give me this." That's just the way jail is. Yeah. You know, so you're not at college. And I told you, uh, Harry Winston Jewelers, the kid Mark. I think I told you the yeah. story. And I told him, you're not at college. Don't get friendly with everybody here. And he didn't listen, and he, he almost died in there. And, you know, because he got jumped, and they were trying to shake him down. And these things happen in prison. How much of the psychology, like the the dynamics of prison, do you still utilize in your life today? Oh, I utilize it. Like in front of you, you know me, in and out. I'll be joking. We could say and talk about it. But in front of other people... I'm a little more reserved and I don't show that side of me because people always seem to judge and, and take certain qualities as a weakness or, mm. or strength and they're always analyzing and sizing you up. So you got to be comfortable in the, in the company you're in. Well, same, in business, same idea, right? You can't uh, let people think you're weak in business or right. they'll take advantage of it. That's life in general. So, you know, the people you're around, you have to trust to be able to show the real you. That's why when I talk about Johnny Wilson or, or, or like when I have a problem, Denny Brown, I wish he was sitting here with me. Every time I have a problem, I call him up. If I need something because he's in the construction business, I call him up. By the way, Denny, he never said, he just, he says, yeah, before I even finish my sentence. Mm -hmm. And you met Denny, I think, also in, in, yeah. at, the, at the house during the holidays, Christmas. And John Wilson, same thing. These are, these are true friends where you just call them and... They say yes before you even ask for anything. And this is, you can be yourself with them because they're genuinely your friend. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I never thought about it how like when you meet somebody, you kind of apply the same dynamic or same view that you would when you're in jail. I mean, I think in jail too, it's like, there's the survival aspect, which is different here. Cause like you can have interaction and interaction with somebody here and you know that, like, worst case, you're just not going to get along. In jail, there could be legit repercussions. Yeah, because they're, they're always sizing you yeah. financially, what you're wearing, what you got, who you stay with, are you tough, are you this? You know, everybody's got a front on constantly. I mean, another guy I left out was T.T. T.T.'s, uh, I think you met him, he did one of the chapters in my book, uh, Mafia International. And we don't talk to each other every week or every month sometimes. We're friends since we're kids. True friend. Like, mm -hmm. if you really, I don't need to talk to him all the time. If I really need him, I call him up, he's around. So, these are the relationships you build over years of people knowing you. Right. You know, like we know each other now. You know, just intimate friend, family. You know, it's like being with anybody in your family. These are just genuine. You know me before I even say anything. That's why we, when we interact on shows, we interact so well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, how is the. The adjustment, though, going from, like, many years of jail back into real life with normal people, that's got to be a weird one from a, from a dynamic standpoint, right? Because you're, 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you're going from being in a in a in a mindset of, you know, I got to survive, protect myself, protect the people that I care about in jail. And then when you get out, it's like 99% of people that you meet are not are not there to physically hurt you. They're not there to, you know, they're not they don't have the same bad intentions that somebody with bad intentions in prison might have. It could be worse though sometimes, right? Cuz yeah. the mental warfare could be there too. Well, it's a, it's got it's listen. I look back now and it's a depression, you know, thing to think about. Like Al Greco, I've talked about him before uh, from North Jersey. He was my father's friend. He's 81. He just got out of prison. All these years, if somebody asked him, how do you feel? I feel great because he's home. You wasted your whole life. And, and if he's honest and he talks to his kids and his grandkids, and he would never want them in this life. He happened to be raised in this life. It was his you know, limited choices because he was raised in it, right? And now as an older gentleman, and he's home and he's, and he's lucky his wife's still alive, I know if he sit, sits across with somebody and say, I would never ask anybody to go in this life. It's like me, I just look back and I go, why did I waste my whole life yeah. in what? To prove what? You look at all the guys I've, I've hurt over the years, and they're still challenging me. That's never gonna stop, because they're insecure. They want to push you. They want to challenge you. And they want your ego to go back after them and say, well, I'm still the same guy. I could still kill you, hurt you, do this. The only difference is you wise up and say, why would I waste my whole life doing all this negative crap when I can do some positive things? Right. And positive helping other kids, right? That's the most positive thing you can do is trying to be a, a, a right mentor to people. Anybody that has that insecurity, and you know, there's recently there was a guy running around with a camera and a thing, and he's telling everybody he's a gangster, and he, you know, he, whatever. And I had some words with him. He's a Philadelphia guy. And afterwards, I'm like, it's a petty ante guy. Never made money. He's too stupid to make money. Talking like an idiot. If he really believed that, he wouldn't have a camera and a, and a microphone. He'd have a machine gun, and he'd go clear up everybody in his area that he says that about. Mm -hmm. Or he'd be doing life because he already ki killed a couple people. They just, you know, they believe their own crap because they don't have anything. They're negative people. Instead of him saying, I'm going to go save those young kids in the neighborhood and talk to them and make sure and mentor them, they never go to jail because look at me, I'm broke, I'm penniless, and I'm still talking like a dummy at this age. How do you change that? You know, you revert to who you used to be and go knock on his door away from him to come out and kill him. And then you, you, you're the dummy then, you know, so... The only way to handle these kind of people is ignore them, don't answer them, don't talk to them, stay with positive people, be a positive mentor, and do something positive where you're saving your community. And, and, and hopefully, like some people were trying to save me and I didn't listen, that I can get to some. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Um, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll wrap our ep this episode up there, but I think that that's kind of... For people, if this is the first episode you're watching, if you skipped out on episode one, A, you should go back and watch that one because it's great. But B, um, that's kind of, you know, that was the theme when we first did the show uh, a couple years ago. Um, I think, though, this time around, it'll be, there's a lot of positive to, to take away from what you're talking about. Um, and so, obviously, you know, kids and, and all of that is is number one to why why we why honestly I ever did a show with you to begin with and why I'm doing it again um and I think you know
but the the way that you get that is through understanding you better and so that's that's really my goal for this second go around well and i'll i'll finish by saying this a priest told me one time and a lot of people have said this but this priest once said to me how do you know how to win and i'm like what do you mean he goes well how do you know how to win and i really did not answer he goes well you, you have to lose to understand what it is to win so the more you lose, the more you understand to win. The more I had a lousy life, the more I understand what it is to tell kids to have a good life. And I had a lousy life overall. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, that's powerful, you know? And then it's hard too when you feel like your loss has been being stuck in jail for years and years and years. Cause that's not just like losing a, a baseball game. No, you don't get the years back. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, thank you guys so much for watching or listening. Make sure that if you're watching this, you subscribe, you like all that good stuff. Um, if you're watching this on TikTok or if you're watching a clip from this on TikTok, make sure that you follow our, all of our socials at John A. Light. For me, it's at Felix.Levine and, uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. See you soon. Netflix 2024. I got a new show coming out.